You're listening to Shenanigans, the podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Shenanigans podcast. My name is Shane, and this is the eighth episode for anyone that has been following along. And uh, the time gap that happened between episode seven and now is pretty much seven months, <laughs> um, or six or seven months, I should say. Uh, January 22nd was the last one, so it's it, there's been a bit of time. However, that's fine. We're not going to dwell. Life does get in the way sometimes, um, and sometimes I just forget to do things in terms of projects and stuff, so um, it just kind of falls by the wayside, and this year has flown, um, as usual, so we're already at the mid, well, after the midpoint of the year. Um, already got my tax back, so that's already proven just how quick this goes. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be just, a this episode in particular will just be a bit of a catch up just to kind of check in, uh, you know, update on what's been going on for anyone that actually is interested. And, uh, thank you for those who are listening to the podcast up till now. Um, for those of you that I do know in person, uh, thank you for encouraging me and asking me when the next episode is coming. Uh, it's very flattering that people actually want me to keep doing this. Um, for those of you that I don't actually know, uh, in person, but have been listening, uh, thank you. I hope you keep listening and please get in touch. I would love, uh, to hear from you on the socials. Um, I will put the information on at the, um, the outro at the end of the episode. Uh, but please feel free to, to get in touch. I'd love to hear, you know, if you've liked it so far, what you think, you know, I could do. Um, yeah, just keep me in the loop. I'd love to hear from people. Um, now, most of it's going to be pretty good stuff. There has been some good um, content, uh, got good things happening in the last, you know, few months for me. Um, there will be some stuff that's not been so great, but, you know, on the mend or on the on the kind of positive track. Um, and I will just say at this stage, there is a bit of a mini trigger warning, um, just mental health related. Nothing too serious. Um, like, I'm all good, but um, just for people who potentially don't... Um, you know, feel a bit triggered or don't want to hear about mental health stories, um, I'll kind of have it as a separate segment so that way you don't need to listen to it. You can, I can kind of give you the time, the times just kind of skip to in the, um, in the recording, uh, just because, uh, yeah, I don't really want to, uh, to have people annoyed that they have to listen to this and not knowing when it's coming up. So I'll be very clear about when it's happening. I will kind of do the verbal trigger warning. I promise you though, it's nothing too serious for me. Um, like, you know, I haven't gone to any extremes or anything with it. So, um, it's a positive story in the end, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, keep listening on if you do want to know more about it. Um, and yeah, I'll just kind of talk about some other like obsessions that I've had through the last few months. There's been some TV stuff. There's been some, um, uh, little fun developments and shows that I've been watching and stuff. So, um, and one of that, one of those shows will lead into future episodes. So you'll know what I mean when I get to it. Okay. Well, with that being said, I'm going to progress to the next segment. So I will see you on the flip side. Welcome back. So, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, this is going to be the mental health segment. So, this will be the mini trigger warning, I guess. Uh, really, just if you, A, don't want to listen to mental health stories, or second of all, if um, talking about somebody else's mental health struggles and stuff is triggering for you, uh, please, I do encourage you to skip ahead. I won't know the timestamps at this stage, but I will put them in the um, the podcast notes. So there'll be like the text notes. Um, please feel free to read those, check out what time to kind of drag the little time bar to, and you can kind of skip ahead of this. But before I do get into that, there are some, um, there's also just general um, kind of support if you do find mental health triggering or you do have your own concerns and you're not really 
100% with what to do. Um, I definitely encourage places like Beyond Blue. Um, they're really great with, uh, you know, just contacting for basic support to get started. Um, they can definitely kind of guide you through what the next steps are. Um, that's, that's a, you know, sort of like a, the base level approach for anyone I would suggest. Um, really depends on, I guess, how severe your situation is. Um, but my advice at any time is really just where you can open up. Um, regardless of who it is to talk to somebody. But again, um, trigger warning considered, I will kind of keep going. So I did allude to the fact that it has been six or so months since I last did my podcast. Um, And I wouldn't say the mental health stuff has been the main reason. I think a lot of it has just been absent-mindedness as well. Um, And I'm going to be honest, I kind of remember when I've talked about mental health in the past, what I have actually said in this podcast, because I don't tend to go back and listen to them too extensively. Um, I have moments where I feel like I could be a narcissist, but I'm not that much where I'm going back and listening to them to just kind of listen to myself again. Um, I hear them once around through for editing and then I just kind of move on. Um, not to suggest that people who like watching or listening to themselves are narcissists, it's just, to <laughs> just to cover that up. So it's been no secret. I think I've mentioned it in past episodes that, you know, I have had anxiety and a lot of other stuff before in the past, never formally diagnosed in the past, but just kind of, you know, it's obvious, and I've seen GPs, and they've kind of suggested it could be that, but never officially diagnosed. And I felt by about January, February this year, so around the time of the last podcast episode, a bit after that, I just felt I was, my kind of mental health stuff was kind of just increasing a lot. Like, I felt I was getting way more anxious as a, a result of something. I don't know what it was. Um... And I felt myself just showing like depressive tendencies, again, not formally diagnosed, but just, yeah, really feeling at odds with myself and what was going on around me, just, you know, even work. Like I just found I wasn't motivated to do anything, um, work that I would, or jobs, that tasks and things that I would normally enjoy just wouldn't really make me feel any better. I just feel really at odds. Um, my relationship with other people was dwindling at different times as well. Like I was definitely withdrawing a lot more than usual, um, And like, I mean, I'm known to kind of pull away from social gatherings and social events as soon as I can, or even like, you know, not go to them in the first place just because of anxiety and a lot of my sort of social issues, which is interesting because people would definitely think I was an extrovert in these normal social situations because I put it on. Um, But it's definitely not my kind of uh, default state. Um, I'm very much an introvert with extroverted qualities. Um, especially when I know you very well, like I will definitely, um, I'll definitely perk up when I'm with someone that I'm comfortable and happy with. So for all of you that are in my friend group or just friends of mine, generally, you know, you know who you are. Um, you're the kind of people that would bring that out in me, but generally speaking, when I'm just on my own or if I'm about to go into a new situation, I definitely withdraw. So that was happening a lot more in the January, February mindset. And I don't want to link it to the whole COVID situation because I actually, I mean, Self-awareness is a great thing, but I don't know if I'm always completely self-aware, but I don't feel like anything lockdown related has been the cause. Um, could have been a symptom of, or a, a, you know, parallel causality, but um, I don't think being at home in lockdown has been the problem. If anything, it's probably made things better at times when I felt more anxiety outside of the house. Um, and we've had in Victoria, like we're at now lockdown five, which actually ends tonight. Um, so we've had quite a few bigger and then mini versions of lockdowns and stuff. So to be honest, I'm actually enjoying them when they happen. I know it's bad for a lot of people and not going to go into that big story, but it works for me. So let's just be honest with that. 
So yeah, it got to about February and I felt like, again, work motivation was not there at all. Um, even things I enjoyed about work just were not uh, enjoyable. Um, couldn't stand to be there. Couldn't stand to do anything. Just everything was just not feeling right. Um, at home, I would kind of be sloppy with my errands. Like I wasn't going to the groceries. Like I wasn't going to buy groceries as often as I normally would. Therefore, I wouldn't have good food in the house. I was relying on takeaway a lot more than even during lockdown before that. Um, and even that to this day, six months later, I'm still kind of combating that in the sense of trying to work off all the excess weight I've gained and stuff like I have. I've gained a lot of weight in the last year or so, which is, you know, it is what it is. I don't get too dwelled on that either. But um, yeah, so that kind of wasn't helping either because it was just my default method to not go do the grocery shopping because I wasn't feeling motivated or wanting to leave the house and do things. And then the, the simplest option was to either do takeaway or do basic meals that don't involve a lot of effort and it's just not a good sustainable lifestyle which I'm learning (laughs) I'm definitely learning um so that was a big thing and then I would just have days where I would just forget to do easy things like I just not not like completely like I wasn't having you know um full-on forgetful moments but like things would just slip my mind like I would a certain bill wouldn't be paid on this on the day that it was supposed to be paid, even though I had the money in my account at the time. In those times, I would sometimes just forget to pay the bill, so that would then have them chase me for it, and I'd be like, "Oh wait, shit! I just got to pay it. You know, I'll pay it now." Um, so that's kind of stuff was happening as well. And like, I mean, I know it's like to not have money and not pay a bill, but these were times where like I actually did have the money, and I just would forget to pay certain things, or I wasn't checking my diary, or just like my calendar. And anyway, very not me behavior in those cases. Um. So that started creating additional anxiety because then I was being chased for bills that I just forgot to pay. And even though I'd pay it in the moment that I saw it, I'd forget. Like, I'd feel anxious about the the process of being chased up for it and stuff. So that was like another parallel. Um, and then all the, the overspending of takeaway didn't help as well. So then my finances actually did get a bit silly. And then I think I... I can't remember what the turning point was. Um, I think it was like mid-Feb. I just started to think, you know what? Something's happening. I'm not comfortable with how I'm feeling. um, And I need to do something about it. And I happened to be talking to a friend of mine um, who is also seeing a psychologist or is seeing a psychologist and was talking about their experience and, you know, what they get out of it and stuff. And it started to make me think, oh, maybe I do need to do that. I've never... I've only ever seen one for a couple of sessions in the past and it was not a great experience. So I kind of, I wasn't turned off by seeing a psychologist. I just wasn't rushing to go see another one again. Um, it was for a particular reason. So it wasn't like my ongoing needs. So I decided to investigate. I went to see a doctor or I did an online appointment with a doctor. Um, and I queried about mental health plans. Cause I was like, I know that you can, um, yeah, I know that you can ask for those if you really need it. And I do encourage anyone who is going through this stuff and doesn't really know the right thing to do, talk to your GP. And if you don't want to talk to your specific GP, see a different doctor, see whoever you need to see. Let them know that you are feeling how you are. You know, you don't have to know exactly what it means. You don't have to think it's anxiety. You don't have to think it's depression. Talk about your symptoms. Talk about your feelings. If you're someone who doesn't want to potentially go into medication, be honest about that. Um, you know, tell them everything they need to know. Um if for whatever reason you are thinking about self-harm and stuff, again, please be very open about that. Let them know how you're feeling because they, they're there to help. Um, and let's just be honest, 100% here, that's never been my problem. Like, self-harm has not been an issue for me and it's not going to be a part of this story either. So just in case people are wondering, no, nah, that's nothing to do with me. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I, I, t- I told the doctor and I said, look, I know that I've got anxiety, uh, anxious tendencies. I know that I've got anxiety and stuff like that. I just know all that sort of stuff, but I need additional help because anything I've done to kind of help me guide myself through it is just not working anymore. Um, I prided myself on many years of being able to kind of self-soothe and self-manage, but the breaking point was happening and I just wasn't there. So he put me onto a mental health plan and I managed to get in at the perfect time because the the rules around the mental health plan um, concept, they had actually extended it from 10 sessions into 20 sessions for the COVID last year period um, up until a certain, I think it was March this year. So you could get uh, 20 rebated sessions. And the, what that basically means in my case um, because I don't have a mental health card, uh, sorry, I don't, because I don't have a low income card or a um, healthcare card or whatever they are, I would be seeing a psychologist or a professional. I would pay them at the general cost of their appointment, but then Medicare would give me back um, a rebate, a certain payment back. So I would have to cover the gap, but the government would effectively cover part of that, which honestly helped me a lot because if it was for th- not for that, I probably couldn't have afforded to see the professional help I needed. Um, I needed that kind of balance. So I then had to go hunting. So I just went online and I really didn't know what I was looking for. I just typed in psychologist, um, anxiety and LGBT friendly. Cause I was like, Oh, there's probably going to be some discussions about my past relationships and stuff like that. So probably need to talk about, you know, somebody, I want somebody who understands LGBT, um, relationships and stuff. Found an amazing person. Well, at the time, didn't know they were amazing, but assumed, you know, it would go well or hoped. Um, so I booked in with someone who I'm still seeing at the moment as a psychologist and, um, yeah, had a, had the, you know, 15 minute demo chat just to kind of see what the vibe is. Um, he was very reassuring. Um, yeah, really, really good, um, person, really great contact for me. And so, yeah, so from March, um, I think it was March, early March, I'm pretty sure I started seeing him, him for appointments and, up until now, I've actually been seeing him weekly the whole time. So it's been about 20 weeks, apparently, because um, I've had 20 or so sessions. Um, and it's been very eye-opening. And I feel like I might, at different points, do episodes that relate to different areas of mental health. I don't want to drag this episode down too much. But it's been very eye-opening about my way of coping with things or processing things or managing my own pain and repression and all the things. So it's been, yeah, like alarming in some cases. Um, and it's telling me a lot more about myself than I ever thought that I would know about myself. I thought I knew everything to know about myself and I'm learning a lot more, but, um, what I'm enjoying about the process. And like I said, I've been doing it weekly for 20 weeks now. Um, what I enjoy about the process is, first of all, there's no medication involved in this process, so I haven't had to be on any meds yet uh, or at all because uh, I'm seeing a psychologist who doesn't do diagnostics and uh, doesn't get involved with that process. So um, if I need that kind of support, I would need to go see a psychiatrist or someone else that specializes in that, which I'm not there at this point. Um, I think we're good. Um, and it was probably the... I think it was just the step I needed because... And this is why I advocate seeking support because you have your, your loved ones, you know, whether it's you're close with your parents or whether you're close with your partner or your friends or whoever it is that you normally would talk to when you've got problems and stuff you want to talk about. I've got that. Like, I, I'm very fortunate. Like, I've got quite a few of you, people that listen to this podcast. I know that I've got you in my corner that, um, you know, I could talk to in my private life, you know, tell you everything that's going on with me. But 
there's only a certain point, I feel like, when you've got that kind of turmoil going on and you're really anxious, you're really this, you're really that. There's only so much that a non-professional can help you with. They can be supportive and that's so good when people have that, like I do. I'm very grateful and very fortunate. Um, But when you need that kind of expert push or you need someone to tell you completely honestly what you're thinking might need a different perspective or have you considered this or let's delve into this. Um, I feel like the friend filter is not there when you're seeing a professional and it's really good. Um, I needed that. I needed that. It's kind of like I've always likened it and I've told him this a few times as well, but I always liken it to being in the gym. I can go and do a self-workout. I could get fit from doing that. (laughs) I mean, let's talk about honesty. (laughs) I haven't gone to the gym for a while, but I could go to the gym. I could do my own self-workouts and I could probably get fitter, feel happier within six months of doing that. But if I go see a PT, personal trainer, I'm getting the expert support from the start. So I might get better results sooner because they're not discounting the exercise. They're not discounting the workouts. They're not discounting this. They're giving it to me straight, what I need to do. Um, so that's kind of how I, I like to do use a lot of metaphors when I talk about stories. And that's kind of what I've always likened it to. And he agreed. Like he was very like, you know, oh, you've definitely thought about it in terms of what you mean about this. Um, so yeah, without going into a lot of extreme detail about what my mental health journey has been, it's been working with the anxiety. It's been working with um, how I approach other people. Um, I'm learning very, actually only recently, like I thought I'd learned this at the start, but I've learned this pretty recently that I do have a lot of boundary issues with setting appropriate boundaries for other people. So um, I have a habit to let others needs inform my behaviors first. And that's me. Like I'm doing that to myself. It's not that they're forcing themselves and their needs on me, but I have this tendency to, whether it's conflict management, whether it's wanting people to to like me more, whatever the reason are, I haven't been setting very healthy boundaries with people when it comes to things that when I need my own time, my own space or my own needs to be met, I don't approach those. And I don't say to people, no, I can't do that. No, I won't do that. No, I can't do that right now. I just do it because, and then I can, I feel bad about it later or upset about it later. So that's been a very interesting development recently. Um, I mean, anyone probably could have seen it from the outside, but having a professional tell you just makes you kind of go, oh, maybe it's true. So there's been a lot of that. Um, in parallel to all this stuff, and again, might delve into it a bit more later on as I find more insights about myself, but... Um, one of the biggest things has been that there's a lot of repression. So I'm 34 at the moment, turning 35 at the end of the year. Um, and I've repressed a lot of stuff. Um, nothing too heavy. Like I wouldn't say like, if I'm very honest, I haven't ever had a situation like the kind of things you'd see on like SVU or like those sort of crime shows. I am not somebody that's had a product of those sort of things happen to me in my life, but I've had some pretty shitty things where it comes to bullying and, you know, just horrible people in my life in the past. Like I've had all that sort of stuff. So that's the kind of stuff I've been repressing a lot. And, uh, the way I cope with it, the way I feel emotion isn't the same. Like I've been not allowing myself to feel the emotions and stuff. So it's been, and we've even been talking about like the stuff that happened last year with my my cat Alfie and stuff. So we've even brought that up earlier in the piece. So yeah, a lot of emotion management, Um, but it's been good. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it. I really enjoy the the dynamic I have with my psychologist. Um, Like if it wasn't for being my psychologist and I knew him in person, otherwise I feel like I'd actually be a really good friend of his. Um, So anyway, so all that aside, um, there's also a parallel kind of vibe and I haven't explored it yet, but I'm kind of wanting to see if I can 
look towards getting a diagnosis or at least the lead or testing towards finding out if I have something like ADHD or something like that, because I would never have considered it in the past, would never have thought it, but there are way more, there are a lot more people being diagnosed in recent times than I'm aware of. And they're, um, they're kind of journey to finding it out through their psychiatrists and everything else that they've done to get there. All the pre-steps, all the things they've felt, all the things they've experienced, it's pretty much reading out of my my kind of life journal, like almost. It's, you know, the way they approach situations, the way they feel about other people, the way they handle this, the way they don't handle things. It's it's really scary. And I wouldn't say I, I'm not somebody who self-diagnoses off other people's stories, but it makes me want to ask questions. So um, I do need to see a different professional for that um so maybe as the psychology winds down a bit and the therapy winds down a bit i might start seeing the other one um but yeah i would love to to know because i need to kind of piece the puzzle as to areas of my life where i feel like improvement can happen so whether it's my attention to finishing projects because as (laughs) as we've noticed with the podcast i sometimes can let things slip for a while um you know, just the, the way I manage that, like just um, any creative projects, I'm excited about it while it's, you know, the hot thing for me. But then the minute it starts to temper down a bit, I get bored of it and I just push it aside and I don't touch it. And then I get really anxious about that. Um, and I know a lot of people have that, whether they've got ADHD or not, but just collectively, all the things that I've been reading up, hearing, seeing my own friends and people in my own life, I'm like, maybe that's something I've got to look into as well. So... I'm not desperate to find out that I actually am. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not hoping that I have it um, or get diagnosed with it. I'm not hoping for medication. I'm not, like, there's no motive here. It's just unpacking the puzzle, really, or piecing the puzzle together. So, anyway. So, that's been very interesting and entertaining all in the same. Um, I'm now at a point where I'm going to be seeing him fortnightly because I think we've gotten to a point, first of all, the rebates are done. So, I'm paying full cost now. And also, we are, we've kind of hit enough of a, uh, we've hit the precipice of some of the urgent issues and some of the urgent concerns that I had for the last six months. We've kind of navigated well enough through them that I'm not feeling hyper, hyper freaked out every day of the week. Um, you know, there's still a lot to deal with, a busy brain, you know, unfocused, you know, all the things that come up, but we're managing that fortnightly now. So that's been good. I think that that's, if anything, it's showing a lot of progress, but um, yeah, we'll kind of see how we go with that anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, um, that's kind of the journey so far with the mental health. And I really encourage you, if you're someone who hasn't yet taken those steps, but you feel like you need it to have a chat with me. If you know me in person, hundred percent, send me a message, chat me to me. Um, if you don't know me and you want to still talk about stuff, message through the socials. Again, I one thing that a lot of people in my life will know about me is I'm kind of like an unofficial psychologist for everyone else. I've never had the professional training, but it is something that I am extremely good at. And I don't say that because I'm trying to like hype my own horn or you know blow my own horn and I'm not trying to be, you know, sound impressive. Like it's just legitimately something that I'm really good at. And it's kind of led into a lot of my other jobs and stuff like that. So that's, I've got the best advice for everyone except myself, basically. Um, and I hear it on a weekly basis from friends and colleagues and stuff. I'm always being told, oh my God, you're really good at this. So if you need it, talk, let me, let me hear it. And I can kind of give you some suggestions or push you in the right direction. 
So, that was a little bit on the heavier side. It wasn't too bad. Like I said, the trigger warning wasn't actually supposed to be for anything too serious because I'm not someone who um, would self-harm. At least, touch wood, I don't think I'd ever be in a situation where I would self-harm or feel that wish. Um, So, I've had to assure everyone that's heard about this situation and be like, no, I promise you, that's not my situation. Um, And yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I've been very upfront with it, like work you know, the people at work who need to know, know about it. Um, you know, obviously quite a lot of my friends know about it. So my family all know, or most of my family know about it. So there's no, I'm trying to really break the the shame or the stigma that comes with people seeing a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist or whatever the situation is. Um, I think a lot more people could totally do with it. Um, not because they've got issues, but just even just like the mental adjustment that happens, like the, or the, um, it's kind of like a, a car service. It's like a, a nice mental tune-up. Um, and I'd love to get to a point where these sessions aren't having to be so regular that we can just kind of do it once every couple of months and just check in, you know. Um, not there yet. I think definitely fortnightly is needed um, as a minimum. But uh, yeah, um, no, it, it's it's... I'm trying not to drag it off too much because my brain tends to just, again, one of the things that makes me wonder about the ADHD thing, I waffle a lot and carry on. But um, no, I, I, if I had told myself six, uh, sorry, well, even six months ago, if I told myself six months to a year ago that this would have been where I'd at, be at with my mental health journey, I'd be very shocked. Um, so I'm very, very happy about the progress. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go to the next segment. We're going to talk about some other, some actual life developments other than the mental health stuff. Um, in case I've missed anything else, I might add it to the later segments. But um, yeah, thank you for listening. If you have managed to listen to this mental health segment, um, and please, again, let me know what your struggles are or anything if you do need to talk. Um, I think everyone needs to be able to open up when they can. So hopefully you do. Okay, well, that was a little bit uh, heavier than I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't too bad. Um, I just didn't think I was going to talk for the amount of time I did, oh, in terms of mental health anyway. Um, so, I guess the next thing I want to talk about is just some of the exciting stuff that's been happening. Uh, there's been some nice developments in the last six months or so. Uh, the first one is that I have a boyfriend. Uh, and people that know me in person, this is no surprise to you. Um, you've known about this anyway. Um because I don't exactly hide it, but um, yeah, so we, I've mentioned him in passing in name anyway, um, at least in one or two episodes, um, his name is James, and he, um, he and I actually have been seeing each other pretty much for about a year and a half now, um, just under a year and a half, I'd say, um, but we kind of really cemented it this year, um, so when I last did the pod- podcast episode, we were still kind of just seeing each other, whatever it was, no label, just whatever it was. Um, and so things kind of cemented themselves um, in early Jan, February, um, around that time. But um, yeah, so I've actually known him since March last year, um, really on the onset of the first wave of the Victorian COVID pandemic sort of outbreaks. Um, I met him on an app. We met face-to-face pretty quickly. I think it was actually the same day or the next day we started talking. We just decided to catch up and get to know each other pretty quickly, just so that way we don't do the months of talking, especially with this pandemic stuff starting to kick in at the time. You know, we didn't want to just waste too much time trying to figure out who each other is. So we just met. It was a really good time. Like, we just... The chemistry was really good. Um, like, And I just mean, like, socially, just, like, as a friend or as a contact, you know. This, it was just great face-to-face chemistry. 
Um, and yeah, so we just kind of kept seeing each other, which was good. Um, obviously didn't hurt, um, to have somebody to, to connect with during a pandemic because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I'm sure there were a lot of pandemic relationships that started, um, as a result of all these lockdowns and things. Um, but yeah, so because our particular rules in Victoria with the pandemic, um, when we had a lockdown or anything, it was, um, intimate partners could visit each other. So because we built a rapport pretty quickly, um, like, even though we, we probably, uh, the best way to describe our connection, and this is a bit of a segue, but the best way to describe our connection is just very chill. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of pomp. There's not a lot of over the top emotional explosion. It's not like a, a, a teenage romance where, you know, we're always googly eyed over each other. Like, it's not like that. I mean, we definitely have a lot of feelings for each other, but like, and I mean, I'm not wanting to speak on behalf of James and James, if you're listening, I'm not going to speak on your behalf, but like, yeah, we're pretty chill about it all. So, um, but at the same time, our bond grew very quickly. So the friend bond or the connection was very strong, very quickly. So yeah, it was just really good to get to know him through the early stages. And we just, we were very upfront about not wanting to kind of play the field or anything like that while we were figuring out what this was. So it meant that there was a lot of safety in seeing each other during the, um, the sort of uh, lockdowns and stuff, because I knew for a fact that neither of us was kind of playing the field or seeing multiple people and stuff. Plus, you can't really do a lot of that when you're in lockdown anyway, at least not to follow the rules. And yeah, so we, um, yeah, just kind of managed the, the year, last year together. Like, it was really nice, lots of catching up. And there were some times that we had a bit of distance, but it wasn't a bad thing. Like, I mean, we just kept in touch. We, we talk every day, like there's messaging, calls, whatever, every day. Um... But there were definitely like probably a few weeks, sometimes even like a month before we'd get to see each other again. If there was, say, really heavy stages of the lockdown, we kind of were being good about it and just staying home. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of opportunities. And then by the time we got to that sort of second massive lockdown that happened last year, I'd seen him enough that, you know, I knew that I was definitely into him and definitely wanted to be connected to him in a serious way. Um, like we didn't call it a relationship until early this year. Um so it was quite a while. I think it was about a year of seeing each other before we actually cemented it into an official relationship, but we just counted from the start really, which is great. Um, and yeah, so he's, he's amazing. Um, I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to get too gushy on here, but yeah, he's, he, he just fits me perfectly and I love it. Um, he, he's kind of like, he balances out my sort of overactive tendencies and, you know, we perk each other up in different ways in terms of interests that we have and kind of excitement about different, um, you know, shows and games and things and whatever it might be. Like we just, uh, we complement each other very well. So I would argue that it's probably the, um, one of the, the best pairings I've ever had in my life, whether it's a friend pairing or whatever, like we just, we click in so many ways. Um, so yeah, so earlier in the year, made it official this year. Um, but overall about a year and a half. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting for me. Um, and not to get too philosophical, but it definitely feels like my first really grown up relationship, if that makes any sense. So people who know have known me for a long time would know that in the past there was no chill in me when it came to being with guys and being with new relationships and stuff. I was very burn the fire very fast, get really into it. So hyper excited, almost obsessed about the person. Like it was more of a, a neediness thing than anything else. And I've definitely seen an evolution in me in the last couple of years, especially, um, or last year and a half to two years 
And I would say James actually compliments that a lot. Like, I would say his personality brings that along as well for me. So, I've kind of evolved as a result. Um, so, whilst I'm really happy and, you know, feeling lots of feels and all the good stuff and we talk about it very openly with each other, like, I'm not a crazy, like, lovesick fool, you know, like, I'm not acting like that. So, it's, yeah, it's been quite nice. So, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, he'll come up time to time. He's, um, you know, a constant in my life, obviously. Like, you know, we're, we're pretty very close at the moment. So, um, yeah, he'll come up. And I actually want to get him in on the podcast a couple of times, like whether we do a re- review of something or whether, you know, he just comes on to talk. I'll try and bring him on at some point, with his permission, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm not just going to randomly record him. Um, so, yeah, uh, so that's been really exciting. And in other news, I'm actually moving house in the next few weeks. So... Um, I've been living in my unit now for almost three years. Um, it would have been three years in November, but I'm leaving a bit earlier. Because um, I'm moving to an apartment in a place called Maribyrnong, um, which if anyone's from Victoria, you'd probably know where that is or hopefully know where that is, near a big shopping centre called High Point. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's an area that I grew up... Uh, not grew up. <laughs> I wish I grew up there. No, I um, it's an area that I lived for a few years when I was living with my best friend Amanda and uh, had another housemate after that and stuff. And it was just an area that I really loved. It was, you could see the city from the the balcony of the apartment. You've got the big shopping center nearby. It's got a, um, you know, great little sort of lifestyle around, you know, beautiful parks, walking areas. It's probably at the time of my life when I lived there, when I got the most physical fit because I was always walking. I was, um, you know, engaging in great eating habits because, you know, I was going to the shops all the time, regularly buying good groceries, you know, my gym lifestyle was picking up because the travel back home wasn't so um, onerous and I wasn't getting home so late. So it's kind of the nice, and I've been saying this term a little bit lately, it's the mental reset that I think I need from where I am now to where I'm going next uh, to, you know, build up the, the good habits again, get my fitness back in check, feel refreshed and just, I think, have a zestful life again because I just think I've gotten very stale in my interest in what's going on around me at the moment whether it's work and, you know, living and, you know, just general lack of social because I'm pushing it away. So I'm hoping that this will kind of really branch out all that again. So things are only looking up. It's, it's such a good vibe. I mean, it's going to be a bit expensive to start with because there's a lot when it comes to moving, as most people probably know. But once again, the lovely James has been very kind and he's very supportive and he's coaching me through it, helping me... Um, stay on track mentally because I have a tendency to obsess about the next step I have to focus on to get the things done. So he's very grounding in that way, which is good. Um, so thank you, James, if you are listening to this. Um, but yeah, so they're the main, I guess, two things that have probably given me the most joy in the last six months. Um, cause, you know, we haven't a, been able to do a hell of a lot and B, I've been working on the mental health for so much that I've just kind of like been in my own little bubble. Other than playing video games, watching TV shows, I just haven't... Um, haven't really been focusing on anything else, really. So, it sounds very sad and sheltered, but for me, it's worked up until now. Um, so, yeah. So, in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a bit busy. So, I'm kind of pre-recording some of this stuff so I can release it soon. Because um, I dare say, once I start the actual moving process, it's going to be over like a two-week period. I'm going to be like packing the current house. Well, unpacking the current house to repack the current house because there's a lot of stuff I need to sort through. Then it's actually getting stuff to the new place and then it's getting the current one available to vacate. So clean it up and everything. So there's going to be a lot going on, plus work. I'm supposed to be working full time as well. So 
Ah, oh, fun times. I just needed a moment to breathe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much it with the um the upcoming developments. There's not a hell of a lot, like I said, but I think those are just very exciting, so they speak for themselves. All right. Well, on the next segment, going to talk about some of my obsessions in terms of TV and just general uh, media, whatever it might be. There's been a few things coming up which I've been really excited about. So, catch you on the next segment. And we finally hit the TV segment, um, or the, I guess, obsession segment. Um, as usual, I have been extremely obsessed with the Emsolation podcast. I've referred to it quite a few times in the past. Um, so Em Rossiano um, runs the podcast with her bestie, uh, Michael Lucas. I've been listening to them weekly. Um, they've become a Sp- Spotify original, or sorry, Spotify exclusive podcast. So it's been really good. Um it's, it's now a weekly rather than regular episodes all the time, which there's a part of me that was hoping it'd still, still be regular, but at the same time, having it come out every Thursday kind of has been great because it's something to look forward to each week. And sometimes I forget that it's Thursday and I'm like, oh, wait, we have the, the episode coming out. So it's been a great, great setup. And the community that's built as a result of this podcast has been amazing as well. So they um got a Facebook group and everything. And so I've been part of that quite actively posting and stuff. So... Yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice little community to be in because there's so many people that think the same as me as all of these other people that are a part of it. And we all love the the podcasters as well. So, yeah, it's great. And if anything, their podcast always inspires me to kind of get back onto my own. So, yeah, um, if for some reason anybody that listens to this is a fan of that Installation podcast, I see you. Um, if you don't know about it and you would like to hear more about it, go check it out. It's called Emsolation, so E-M. S-O-L-A-T-I-O-N and it's uh, it was intended as a podcast for the pandemic last year just to get them through but it's just evolved into this new thing that's basically become their part of their livelihood now which is great or at least M's livelihood so that's good um, lots of TV I, I, there's so much I still need to catch up on but I've watched a lot of stuff I was watching Mayor of Easttown um, the first season Loved that. Um, if anybody was watching that when it came out or needs to watch it, please do. It's great. Kate Winslet, um, she just proves time and time again that she can do anything. Um, she's just a great actress and I love all her accents that she commits to every time she does a new show or a movie. Um, I watched a show called The Nevers. Uh, that's a. It was a Joss Whedon show who's famous for being the, the showrunner of Buffy and everything. Um, I think he pulled out at some point of it before it really even became a thing. Um, and then his whole controversy came out. So I'm kind of glad that he's not formally attached to it anymore. Um, there was all this sexual harassment and just general harassment of staff and everything on different shows that he was part of. Um, and the show was interesting. It's, um, if you like anything with superpowers, which I do, it's kind of like my bread and butter. Um, it's set in like... I don't know, I can't remember what the time period is, but very, like, Victorian England, like, lots of old-style fashion and, you know, vehicles and whatever else there might be. Um, it's set in that timeline, and it's it starts off, like, as a really minor science fiction in the sense of, you know, these characters with powers and stuff. Pretty much, it's a majority of women in the in in the town or in the, in the place um, in London that are... Acquire powers through some weird event. There's like a, a spaceship in the air that kind of flies through, and they it sprinkles this stuff onto the town, and anyone who kind of really came into contact with it got powers. 
but it seems to mostly only affect women. So there's like one or two people that aren't women that have powers that I've seen, but pretty much it's mostly women. And the main characters, um, it's kind of like an X-Men vibe thing where they're trying to help round up all the good, like all the people that have powers to help them feel safe and all that kind of stuff. So the Joss Whedonism of it all kind of bring, rings true very early on. Um, cause he's been involved in a lot of X-Men comics and all like, um, superhero comics and stuff for the past as well. And so, yeah, it, it's, um, I think it was only like eight episodes or six or eight episodes. It wasn't a very long first season. Um, but I can't wait to watch the rest of it when they bring more out. But, um, actually I don't know if the season's over yet. It might just be a mid season finale. I can't remember, but, uh, all in all it's, it has a moment. If you watch it or you have watched it, you'll see what I mean. Um, it has like a weird tangent in the storyline at some point to kind of explain how the powers came about. I wasn't expecting it, but yeah, it was fine. Like it was a bit strange, but the main story is pretty good. And, um, the main, main character, I can't remember what her name is, like the actress's name, but, um, she's from Outlander. She played, um, if anybody's watched Outlander, she plays the Jenny. She plays the sister of, um, Jamie Fraser, the main guy. Um, so it's nice to see her in a different type of role, um, and being the main star. She's a really good actress, actually. So, um, yeah, so that, that was a good one I watched. I'm just trying to think what else I kind of got into. Um, kind of doing like a live Netflix search just quickly. Oh, um, I watched... <laughs> I ended up watching um, uh, Girls 5 Ever. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's on Stan in Australia. And it's a Tina Fey show. So if you've watched um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or any of those sort of shows, same sort of humor same sort of comedy and it um it's it's um it's the kind of show where if you're watching it if you're trying to if you go into it with expectations you're probably not gonna enjoy it as much um like i was actually listening to emrosiano she was talking about it she was going into it with kind of this mindset of hoping that it would unearth something about the music industry or something like that and it just it was just silly fun. And that's where when people get that mindset and go, that's what it's supposed to be, then it's really enjoyable. So it tells the story of these um, four girls, four women in their 40s and older who were, uh, they were a one hit wonder pop band in the, in the 90s and a girl group called Girls 5 Ever. And there were five of them. Um, but one of them ends up, the character dies later on or something like that. So that it's just four of them now. And it's got Sarah, uh, Sarah Bareilles, um, who did the songs, um, Gravity and Love, um, Love Story, uh, Love Song, sorry, Love Song. Um, she's, she's done quite a lot in her career so far, but, um, she's the main character, um, Busy Phillips, uh, who was in Dawson's Creek and a few other things that she's done. She's in it as well. It's just a really funny show. Um, it's kind of them, they get brought out of obscurity from the nineties because somebody samples their song in like a rap song and they use the the hook of their original song and they think they're getting famous off it. Like they think that they're back to being famous. So they decide to try and launch a career off that again, revamp their career, which is a very, it's very telling of the pop industry of the last, you know, 10 years when all these bands kept coming back S club seven backstreet boys, this, that, the other, um, I'm still waiting for NSYNC to decide to do a reunion of some kind. Um, Waiting and kind of hoping. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of that vibe. But it's so funny. And some of the songs they've written for it are hilarious because it's mostly original music that's been written for the show. Um, and Sarah Bareilles can sing anything. I mean, there's one song that she writes in this when she's trying to do something for the album that they want to put together. 
and <laughs> the song is dreadful, but she sings it with such compassion, uh, such um, passion and such uh, vigor that you just like, you actually really love the song. Um, so yeah, I'm obsessed with that. It was really good. Um, I watched the second season of The Circle on Netflix. So that's a competition reality show. A um, bunch of people get put in these little apartments in a building. They're all kind of connected to this, and I say quote unquote, social media network. It's basically the producers type out the messages for each person's computer screen. Um, and yeah, they have to like use social media tools and tech and like they have to weed out the catfish in the group who are faking their identities um, and they want to win the competition basically. And season two was hilarious. Um, I, I loved the first one, but the second season was just as good. So get onto that. Um, I was obsessed about Big Brother. I watched the entire season this year, um, went the whole way through, would even watch it on free to air at the night that it aired, which for those who know me really well, know that I don't do that for TV normally. So the fact that I was willing to watch it every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night at 7.30, sit at the couch, watch it on big TV on Channel 7, like it was a big thing for me because, yeah, I hate free to air TV. And yeah, there's heaps of other stuff. Like I caught up to American Horror Story, the current one, that's been really good. I loved it. Can't wait for the next one. But one of the TV things that's just happened recently in the last couple of months, um, and <laughs> it has definitely gotten a lot of notoriety on social media, especially TikTok, um, which I find myself going back to and watching every so often because there are some quite funny things on TikTok. There's a show that got released called Sex Life, so Sex Forward Slash Life, and it's an R-rated show. So I, at first when I saw that, I was like, oh, do I really want to watch this if it's just going to be like... I don't watch things that are tawdry for the sake of watching tawdry things. So, like, Game of Thrones, for example, there's a lot of violent scenes, there's a lot of sex in it and stuff like that, but I didn't watch it for those titillating things. So, and not to say I'm a prude, like, I'm far from it. I'm very open about that sort of stuff. But I'm not going to go watch, like, a Mills and Boone TV show where it's, like, tawdry sex all the way through it. Like, I'm just like, whatever. But this show, um, I've only watched the first three episodes, and I'm probably going to finish the season at some point, but... (laughs) The show's premise is basically um, the main character. She is a, I don't know if she's currently, I don't think she's currently, I think she was formerly a psychologist or a psychology major, doctorate, whatever she was, had a career. She's now got a kid um, or kids and she's married. She's got the perfect husband. It's a beautiful, like, you know, idyllic Connecticut life or wherever she's based in America, in New York. And um, she's like the very, and, power to them because I have no problem with it whatsoever but they're very upfront with showing her randomly breastfeeding quite a lot like you just see baby latched to her breast and I'm just like I'm wondering if it's actually her real baby and if it's really her boob that it's attacking but sure um so yeah power to them it's a you know whatever it is it didn't phase me in the slightest um she's kind of like reminiscing about her old life so she's as much as she's happy with the husband and she's got the kids and she loves her life whatever she's very bored in the in the bedroom and she's kind of just thinking everything's monotonous everything's rudimentary and all that kind of stuff and she's still connected to one of her best friends who she used to have that party life with and that girl still has that life they went to school together they're at college and they're both like doctorates or doctors of psychology etc etc and the friend and her check in, and the friends always talk about her exciting life. And the the other one, the main character, is just like, oh, I miss it, I miss it, I miss it. So she starts to fantasize about her past lovers, and um, the process of doing that, she decides to journal it, which you know, very common psychology trope. You know, write your feelings down, put it into a journal, take it out of your mind, and put it into written form. So she types that on her laptop in the first episode, and 
amateur rookie move, leaves a laptop open on the kitchen bench. Husband finds it the next morning and is like, what the hell? So, effectively, I haven't, again, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I don't know how it continues from episode three. But the main concept is she's bored. She's horny for her ex-boyfriend who really, you know, changed her life sexually, whatever it might be. Her husband's feeling insecure about the fact that she's thinking these things. He's now trying to meet a standard that she set from her ex-boyfriend's passion and love making and everything. So he's trying to do risky behaviors to try and boost what they've got because he doesn't want to lose her, blah, blah, blah. She's, again, like I said, fantasizing about the ex-boyfriend. Like there's quite a few scenes where they're getting it on in the pool and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, but <laughs> there's one particular scene which has gotten the thirsty members of the internet, myself included, <laughs> talking. See, episode three, it is a... <clears throat> okay, tickle in the throat has been cleared. I don't know what that was all about, but anyway. Um, so, episode three, she's, uh, you know, obviously fantasizing, whatever. And the husband gets it in his mind. Okay, I had the uh, tickle in the throat situation again, so I'll have to edit this a little bit, but either way. Um, so, I forget where I was up to, but episode three... Um, through all the obsession with the husband, and I haven't actually watched the whole episode three. I've only seen the bits and pieces that everyone's talking about. And so, <laughs> some twist of the story, either the husband is openly stalking the ex-boyfriend or he f- manages to see him randomly. I can't remember. I don't know. Because again, I didn't actually watch the full episode. But something happens and it leads to him being in the gym at the same time as the ex-boyfriend, who happens to be played by an Australian actor named Adam Demos or Demos. Um, he was in Unreal, the TV show about the Bachelor, like the behind the scenes of the fake Bachelor show. Um, and I thought he was a very attractive man back in that show as well. Like he was playing the character August, and he was supposed to be the charming dickhead sort of thing. Um, then he was, yeah, very attractive guy. Obviously, they pick these people for a reason. So he, um, he's the ex-boyfriend, and yeah, so the husband's in the gym, sees him going off to the shower block, and thinks I've got to follow him. Now. I don't know if he's following him purely just so he can see what he's, what's so special about him or if it's something because the wife might have made a note about why he was so exciting in bed. I don't know. But he's purposely going to the showers to check him out. So he's in the shower. There's butts everywhere. Um, it's about 19 minutes into the into the episode. He runs into the shower, gets naked, gets under the shower. Like, you see his butt. You see the other guy's butt. It's all, you know, for people who are into men, it's a very exciting scene. Um, and then... <laughs> The music crescendos to a certain point, and I'm going to insert the um, the music at this point. Um, I'll put it in right now. So, this music this little point, um, it, <laughs> I've seen this scene so many times and I mean, borderline perv here, but at the same time, because it is so funny what happens, I've seen it uh, quite a few times on the actual show, but I've also seen a lot of the reactions to the scene. So I'm hearing that song every time TikTok plays the reactions, every time there's a YouTube reaction, every time someone does a random reaction to it, I keep hearing this theme track. <laughs> That's playing as the guys run into the showers, the music's kicking, and it crescendos to that one moment that you just heard. And I'm like, I can't now not hear that track. So every time I've heard it in passing, I'm like, that's from that show. 
it's not a track that I would have heard anywhere else. Like it's only because of this show. But if I hear it on TikTok or I'm scrolling through videos and I hear that sound, I'm like, oh, it's a reaction to this clip. So it's basically at 19 minutes and 50 seconds. And if you haven't watched this show yet, um, watch it. And I mean, I'm going to spoil what it is anyway, but if you want to not spoil it, pause this now. Even if you don't want to watch the show, just go 19 minutes and 50 seconds on episode three of the show Sex Life. And I'll wait now just in case you want to pause it. Okay. So (laughs) the, the scene pans to the ex, camera's on his butt and he turns around and suddenly we're presented with Monster Wang. So, this thing is, (laughs) if you've ever heard the term uh, third leg, tripod, anything that I might have ever said about somebody who is well endowed, I think that this guy was somebody that I had in mind for those sayings, because I don't want to embellish it more than it actually is, but it's not that far away from the, the bottom of his thigh. Like, it's decent. Um... Any guy that watches it might have penis envy. (laughs) I don't necessarily have penis envy on it, but wow. Anyway, the first thing I thought of was this must be fake because it looks like a... Like it... Not so much that it looks fake, but I just don't imagine people being that well endowed. So I just assumed it was a prosthetic or it was a something to... Or CGI, whatever they did. So he turns around and the husband gets an eye at it and he's just like, he pulls a face that very clearly states that oh, I've I've got no chance if that's what she's into. Um, so I'm guessing that at some point in the early part of that episode, the, before the 19 minutes, that he's either read the journal and she said something about how he's got a big one. I don't know. I don't know what the concept was. So he was really just going to muscle in to go see what this guy's all about. And he figured it out pretty quickly once that guy turned around. So... It has set shockwaves across the internet because every thirsty woman and gay um, have obviously latched onto it when they've heard about it from other people. Um, myself included, obviously. Like, I mean, I'm talking about it, so obviously <laughs> I've gone and seen it as well. Um, which is funny because I'd actually watched the show before I knew that scene had happened because somebody was saying... I think I'd watched the first episode and a half before I heard that that was the thing people were watching it for. And then I went, oh, okay, now I've got to see it once I get to episode three. And then I obviously skipped ahead. Um, the show itself is like problematic in multiple ways for other things. And it's not problematic, but just mm, a bit blase, a bit bl- um, blur about the whole thing. And the storyline's like a really old trope of bored, horny housewife needs more fun, blah, 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 blah. I'm just kind of like, you could have been more inventive with it. Um, and the fact that she had to give her career up and all these things. It's like, I know this does happen for a lot of people, but... They just could have made the story a little bit more modern in other ways. I don't know. I'm not going to go into that into too much detail. But um, it became a TikTok trend to uh, and trends on other social media things to get people that haven't watched it yet or whatever to go to the episode and film them reacting to that scene. So anyone that reacts to it doesn't film the actual TV. They're only filming themselves watching the TV and people are doing it like themselves because they've not watched it. People are doing it to their significant others. Mates are doing it together, watching it. Um, People are getting their mothers and grandmothers to watch it. Like, it is the funniest um, trend that I've seen happen on social media because the the reaction from people is hilarious. You've got grannies saying, oh, pause it, pause it. Like, I want to see it. You've got (laughs) uh, boyfriends saying, oh, mine's bigger, obviously, or... (laughs) Like, things like that. like Or guys, like, laughing hysterically because they're like, holy shit, I've never seen a wang that big. 
it's pretty funny. Like, that's probably the one thing that's going to keep that show going in, in terms of um, popularity or notoriety online because the show itself is not appealing, um, for me anyway. I'm just like, oh, okay, yep, you throw in a sex scene, great. There's another sex scene, great. But that wang is just insane. So then, b- beyond the reaction clips, the biggest talk of the show was, is it real? Because, you know... Again, I didn't think it necessarily was. Um, I was kind of hearkening back to Boogie Nights back in the day with Mark Wahlberg. And there's a scene at the very end, which uh, the show, just uh, that movie in particular, was about the porn industry. And uh, I don't know if he was supposed to be a real person or a fictional character, but either way, wannabe porn star gets into the industry and it shows like the 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 fallbacks of that industry and stuff like that, like the drugs in the 70s and all that kind of stuff. And the very last scene is him, I think he's going out for a performance or an award or something like that, and he's giving himself a, a pep talk in the mirror. And the last scene, because they've purposely not shown any gratuitous, um, you know, uh, male uh, nudity through that whole show, the whole movie. And the very last scene is him psyching himself up and he pulls his pants down and he pulls out this giant rubber dick. And, <laughs> like, as someone who is a male himself and is experienced with the male form, it's definitely a fake one. Like, there's no ifs or buts. And Mark Wahlberg's, like, admitted to it. They've all admitted to it, the fact that it's a prosthetic. So, I think a lot of people thought that this was, like, Boogie Nights 2.0. And, obviously, much more lifelike. Like, you could actually be convinced it's real. So, it sent a lot of people asking the question. And even, like, Carl and Jackie O, who I don't actually really love anymore. I used to love them years ago, but not so much anymore. Even they were talking about it on their radio show. They were doing the reaction and they were asking about it. They were appealing to people from Wollongong because he's from Wollongong in New South Wales. They were appealing to people from Wollongong to call in and tell them if it's real. Like, just everyone had an opinion. Apparently, it's real. Um, so, apparently, there have been people that he was familiar with back in the days in school or whatever. They either hooked up with him or just saw it in passing and they said it's true. Whether it is or not, who cares? But... So, this guy's going to get a lot of attention now. He's probably going to be cast in a lot of movies and TV things that are going to do with him being big, sexy, whatever. So, quite funny. So, I just, yeah, I, <laughs> to this day, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. So, that's been something that was kind of quite funny. And the Emsolation crowd that I am part of through the other podcasts, they are, they are so funny with it. That every time there was a new reaction, they'd post it on there um, and we'd all talk about it. And the podcast themselves talked, had a good, like, actual in-depth discussion about it. Too funny. So anyway, so that's 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 the bulk of the most of the stuff that I've um I've been into. Um, the final obsession, and I'm actually going to do the next episode on this, so it's a complete deep dive into it. Um, I'm a massive He-Man fan. Um, you may have heard of He-Man if you were a child of the '80s or '90s, or if you're a parent of a child of the '80s or '90s, um, and other in- incarnations later. But um, He-Man, Master of the Universe, he's a mythical hero, gladiator, Conan Barbarian style character. I go into what the show's all about in the next episode, but um, they've done a continuation series, an animated series that's come out just this week, and um, or last week, I should say. I was very obsessed knowing it was coming back because I love the characters. I've got pop vinyl toys of them. Like, I've got all this cool stuff about it and loved it as a kid. So, um, rather than talk about it in detail here, um, a whole episode which talks about the mythology, the story behind the world, If it's not your cup of tea, um, you may decide to skip the episode. If you just want to hear another episode, you might want to just listen for the sake of it. But for anyone who did know it, who knew She-Ra, his sister in the show, whoever, you know, whatever you liked about that, if you liked it, I encourage you to listen to the next episode as well, because it does go into all that as well. So, other than that, um, 
yeah, they've been my kind of TV or pop culture obsessions the last six months. So other than that, I will leave it there. Um, I just want to thank everyone who does listen to um, and keeps listening. Please um, yeah, keep engaged with it. Um, let me know what you want to hear or see. Um, I really, really want to start seeing some social media interaction on the, on the social media stuff. So I will um, post the details in the... Um, in the chat log, oh, not the chat log, the, um, I can't even think of the word, the, uh, the podcast information section. So on Spotify or Apple, wherever it shows you the info about the podcast, I'll put all the details there. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm just going to quickly get up on my screen because I have a bad habit of not saying the, um, the name of the social media profiles well. Um, it's obviously called Shenanigans Podcast, but some of them are just shenanigans. Some of them are other things. So, all right, so on our Facebook page, the Facebook and the, um, oh, actually, is the Facebook that one? Yes. Okay, so the Facebook and the Instagram are both just Shenanigans Podcast. One word, um, no in underscores, no nothing, just Shenanigans Podcast. So that's the Facebook and the Instagram. The Twitter is Shenanigans underscore AU. So um, if you do like Twitter, and I mean, I'm not big on Twitter. I use it sometimes if I want to, like, advertise this or... I used it for the He-Man show because I was trying to ask some questions about the show. So I've used it for that. But I'm not a big Twitter person. I actually usually detest it. But at the same time, um, if you want to have a look, have a look. Um, but yeah, so please uh, let me know if um, yeah, if there's anything you want to see in future episodes. If there's stuff that um, I've been talking about and you're interested in, you want me to explore it even more. I'm more than happy to do that as well. I love um, I love deep dives and stuff like that. So happy to do that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, thanks for listening and I will catch you all very soon. See you later. And just as a little PS, cause I just realized I actually had some other stuff to quickly add and I really couldn't be bothered trying to figure out how to edit this in. Um, you may also, if you were someone that watched the YouTube uh, episode last time, episode seven, um, I do plan to do some more video podcasts as well, uh, like I did with episode seven. But I, um, I just, I didn't think it was really worth doing it for this one because there was not really a lot of visual content to worry about. I mean, I could have shown you the <laughs> the scene with the guy <laughs> getting um, his wang checked out, but I thought, first of all, don't really want to have censorship and censorship problems. And also, I'd rather encourage people to go watch it and then react to it and then come back. Um, but no, there will be some visual ones, um, especially with the He-Man ones coming up. I may do some visual YouTube elements to that, but we'll see how we go. But for now, I just thought voice was enough. So um, for anyone that, for whatever reason, I don't think there would be anybody, but if anybody was actually excited to see a video version, you will see some stuff soon. All right. Well, that is actually it for me now for this episode. So peace out, and I will be talking to you all very soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Shenanigans Podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. For more information or to get in touch, please use any of the social media handles attached to this podcast. This is Shane, signing out.